Welcome back to Petty Astrology. I'm your host, Casey Felton-Louis. This has been an electrifying week for me, and maybe it was for you too. After Mercury moved into Aquarius on Sunday night, I felt really lit up. I was like relaxing on the couch, trying to wind down and honestly not work, and I had to get out the voice notes and the notes app and get a bunch of thoughts out, some of which became a part of today's podcast. It was just like this very intense and electric experience. So it ended up being work, but it's the kind of work that's been exciting me, making the show, talking about astrology, and getting people ready for what's next. It's a lot of time and effort, but we're living in a moment where things are moving so rapidly that I feel like the stuff I know is a bit wasted if I don't share it. Because the time we're moving into feels like all the weird and strange experiences I've had so far are actually all coming together and coming in handy. And it feels like a moment where we have the chance to actually work together and make things better. Aquarius is the sign that governs humanity, which is funny because there's a stereotype with that energy that it's not like other girls and it's just so different and misunderstood like an alien. But even the way we conceive of what we call aliens is, as far as we have proof of, a human invention. But people that stand out in some way, as Aquarians sometimes do, add a sense of variety and forward movement to the whole mix. Those also tend to be the people that create a lot of the change that helps human beings progress. And we all have Aquarius energy in our charts. So to me, to be human is to push forward, to learn, and to create together. That's the essence of Aquarius. I hear a lot of people say that they can't believe things have gotten so bad in the world, in the reality that all human beings have created together. And things have gotten bad, but they weren't great before. But human beings have moved forward in so many ways over the last several million years. Even if people continue to do brutal things to each other, there's always growth happening, somehow, somewhere, as we build upon everything that's come before us. We know it doesn't mean that things are necessarily more ethical just because they're recent, but the human project is really one where we're handing off batons to one another through the generations. That's why I say we're holding hands with the future. As you can tell, I'm very interested in the human project. I might not have always phrased it that way, but ever since I was very small, I've been very observant. What can I say? I'm a Scorpio Mercury. I'm always watching. (laughs) I grew up in a big, diverse family, so there were a lot of different dynamics to compare and contrast. Language, religion, politics, beliefs, interests. They were different and sometimes in conflict with each other. They didn't fit neatly together. So as a small person who was encouraged to be good, I learned all the differences and shades of gray in an effort to figure out what was real and true and where I fit in. And I think that led me to look outside my family too because I saw that other people did things differently. I was very interested in history in learning about people that existed long before I did. I felt like if we understood the past, we had keys to avoiding mistakes in the future. I read a lot of stories and connected with many characters. I was a young writer and created many of my own and I never really stopped doing that. People have always interested me by necessity, you know? Almost a survival tactic at times. Like, what is going on with these people? But I am people, too. I'm part of this. You're part of this. Aquarius is also the sign that governs astrology, which is a human creation. It took people looking up at the sky, no smartphone, no hot chip, seeing celestial bodies and noticing where things were when certain stuff happened. 
It was recognizing patterns and collecting data, noticing themes. And over time in that process, humans have articulated many things that make up the human experience. When I look at an astrology chart, I can see a person's connection to themselves and every other part of life. I can see struggles, challenges, talents, motivations, desires, how they might connect with other people. And every single astrology chart I study tells me more about what being a human being can look like. A chart is like a musical composition I read. Each astrological placement a different note that comes together in a unique symphony of sound and expression. The person whose chart it is, is the conductor who gets to choose how those notes all play together. So when I look at a chart, it's like I'm reading music. Not every song is my jam, but I think there's something to be learned from all of the different sounds. I got in trouble recently with some random internet misogynist who wanted to put me in my place for talking about the astrology of someone they personally didn't like. And I found it so ridiculous because the point of what I'm doing here is not to sell you on the people I'm talking about. I'm not anyone's PR rep and I'm not really interested in perpetuating celebrity worship of any kind because I think it's a waste of time. The reason I look at astrology charts is to look at different facets of human expression, to marvel at how unique each one is and what impact they can have on the world around them. And at the same time, I see how relatable even the people we don't like can be. We can recognize notes of ourselves in others, energies we don't share but can appreciate, and come away with a deeper look at what it means to be a human being at all. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by astrologer Jennifer Russell to talk about the astrology of Azalea Banks. There were a few bumps in the road to this conversation, so I briefly drop out at one point where my internet quit but Jen keeps things moving. After I returned, we were again interrupted, but this time by my chaotic neighbors who were having a screaming match, so you'll hear a bit of that. I just want to note that there is some yelling that caught on the mic, but as far as I can tell, there was no physical violence, but it derailed us because it went on for quite a while, so I'll talk a little bit about that afterwards. Then I'll talk about the energy of that Aquarius new moon on Friday, February 9th, and how you can make the most of it. We have astrologer Jen Russell back on the podcast to talk about the one and only Azalea Banks. Professor Jen, how is it going? Pretty good. Yeah, we had our first natal chart foundations class today. It was really fun to get to talk to everybody that's taking that. It's um, really gratifying to be able to teach people about astrology and understand themselves better and the world better and other people, why they do what they do. And that starts with understanding why you do what you do. And you're a Sagittarius, so I just feel like this is bound to happen. Not that every Sag has to be a teacher, but I feel like every Sag is a teacher in their own way. And yours yeah. just happens to be professing astrology. I feel like we all, all the Sagittarius's people that have that energy heavy in their chart, it, you have experiences and you, things that you've gone through that you've learned from. I feel like every Sagittarius that I know, we just do stuff and that's how you learn. It's through the experimentation of it. And even if you don't think that it's wisdom because it's you know it's just your life experience it is to other people when you share your story you you know you inspire other people and teach them even if you don't know it so it's my little sad spiel <laughs> we gotta have one we gotta have one well i am excited for you doing the thing that you are already so good at professionally in a real adult type way <laughs> Yeah. See, I used to do this when I was little. I would be like the one in class that would have to go and help people. And I like doing that. But then I'm like, I'm just doing the teacher's job. Why am I doing this? And now it's your job. You got a whole class of students learning astrology from you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's the the best part is when they when you get the aha when someone gets it and you see that they get it. It's so gratifying. <laughs> well, I brought you back on the podcast this week because as we know, people being very online, the girls are fighting. And we got rap beef again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the girls are fighting is an Azalea Banks quote, right? Like she said it. Like she's Yeah. <laughs> she's our referee. She's the commentator. <laughs> she's Yeah. And you brought it to my attention that she had something to say about the beef between Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion. And I have kind of been on the periphery of that kind of stuff because if you're online right now, you're probably catching bits and pieces of it, if not fully invested in it. And to be honest, I don't even know the entirety of the beef. But when I heard that Azalea Banks had something to say about it, as she often does, I was very interested. And I think that is kind of my relationship to Azalea Banks because we often see her, you know, she is a very talented musician in her own right. And in addition to that, she's also sort of existed in parallel to the music industry in certain ways. So she's like of it, but she also puts herself a bit outside of it and will kind of comment on different things that are happening within pop culture that's what she did here. So I thought it was a good time to talk about her because this is kind of like where I know her best as somebody that has... She's got shit to talk. She's always got something to say. She's always got insights. And I just want to say very quickly that, you know, I've gotten in trouble for talking about certain people on this podcast before. And I am fully aware that Azalea Banks is nothing if not controversial. In fact, that is probably the number one word that comes to mind. Azalea Banks always pops up as someone with something to say, and she has said a lot of things that a lot of different people don't like. It seems like she just really knows how to get under people's skin in a very interesting way. She's really not playing the same PR game that a lot of other people are playing. And in some ways, I feel like she's managed to get away with it in a certain way. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, she needs to be brought to account or anything like that. I'm actually really not interested in this episode in, you know, making judgments. I'm not interested in general in using astrology to make judgments about whether or not somebody is a good person. So that's really not going to be the focus of this conversation. I'm very aware of the controversial things that she has said and done. And you know, she is who she is. So I'm not going to shy away from the fact that there are a lot of people that uh, have been irritated with her about things that she said. And if you're one of them, that is perfectly fine with me. But I think that she is a very interesting person to talk about. And she has a very unique relationship, I think, to pop culture and the way that she wields the internet and in addition to being a very talented person in general. So that was what caught my interest with this whole thing. And I had some requests to talk about Megan and Nikki, and neither of them have birth times that we know of. So it wasn't really in the cards for me to address that head on. And so here we are. As always, if you're you're new to the podcast, I say this every time that we talk about somebody. If you have placements that are like Azalea Banks, it doesn't mean that you are like Azalea Banks. Even if you have the exact same chart, you will express it differently because you've had different life experiences. You have free will. You can choose to express the energy differently. So as always, take it with a grain of salt. Don't apply it to yourself. We are talking about her specifically. So I went and looked at 
some of the Instagram stories that she posted recently because she was talking about the situation. I think it is interesting that she uses Instagram stories from what I can tell is kind of her way to get her message out. Like she's not doing a live stream the way that other celebrities might. It's not like a direct interaction with people. I think part of that might have to do with the history that she's had. She did an interview last January 2023 where she was talking about returning to a major label because she was not on a major label for a long time. And in that interview, she specifically mentioned how abused she's been online for having the opinions that she's had. Uh, She talked specifically about Twitter and was saying, you know, that she has been called slurs and things for things that she has said, you know, so she's been called homophobic or things like that, for example, and yet people will turn around and, you know, use racial slurs against her. And she said that the repercussions were not the same at all. So she was taking a lot of hate. And I think that based on some Instagram stories that I saw of her from recently, she is very particular, I think, about like how she engages with the internet and her fan base and the world at large now because of it, because I think she's just been through it. When she kind of pipes up in a situation, I take notice because usually she has so many iconic lines that she said, so many different tweets, so many things that she's kind of just said. She's infinitely quotable. So like, even if you don't like her, even if you don't like the things she said or things that she believes, she has really sealed her place in pop culture for my generation. She's pretty close in age to me. And I think Gen Z is fond of her in a certain way as well. So I we don't have anyone that's quite like Azalea Banks. She's like an online problematic fave. I think the relationship a lot of people my age have, I'm like younger than you, I'm like older Gen Z, but yeah, I mean, she's just been someone online that she makes good music that a lot of people like and she always has some shit to talk and we love it when the girls have things to say. <laughs> we love a good a good drama. She's always been, you know, she's really kept herself relevant in a lot of ways and she is very intelligent and funny even if she's not always right not necessarily agree with everything she says but she's gonna say it in a way that might give you a chuckle and watching her comment on the situation with Nicki Minaj and Megan it reminded me a bit of Cat Williams in the sense that he recently did an interview where he pointed out a lot of the issues with the entertainment industry and the way that the entertainment industry operates and the way people within it operate. And it felt like industry disruption a bit. And it reminded me of her in this instance, like pulling back the curtain a little bit because she said that she felt that Nikki was causing these issues due to her own insecurities about not being sort of in a certain club within the rap world. And then that she's also having pretty serious financial issues that are driving her to garner attention, essentially. So I thought it it was interesting that the two of them are parallel in some senses, like they both have some pretty significant Leo energy in here. So let's talk a little bit about her chart. She is a Taurus rising 
She's got a Gemini Sun, a Taurus Mercury, and then a Cancer Venus, a Leo Mars, and a Capricorn Moon. I feel like with that 12th house Mercury, she is flying under the radar a lot. I think she is noticing things and hearing things and people might not necessarily, they might not necessarily think twice about the fact that she is listening or aware of certain things. And I feel like that is part of why we kind of know and love her is because she has this level of access being you know because of what she does and who she is yet she's not really aligned with the system itself you know she's not so beholden to other people and the way things are supposed to be done that um, I think that that gives her a certain amount of cover like she's you know she's part of it but she's not totally part of it And so it's kind of like a contradiction in and of itself, which I think is a really good representation of that 12th house Taurus Mercury. In her commentary about the situation, she also mentioned that she has a lot of uh, things to say about women in the rap industry and their motivations for being in an industry that is so male dominated. And she talked about that a bit and also talked about the dynamics within the industry in terms of people like Jay-Z, who are these bigger figures. And she described him as like a daddy Warbucks person who has this level of control and drama and appeal to people like Nicki Minaj. And so she, as always, provided us with a lot of tea and perspective on the situation. And I feel like that is just really like what she does best. One of the things that I think is really interesting about her is like she kind of stepped away from the music industry in a few different ways. Like one of the ways that she did that was by leaving a major label and she was an independent artist for a while. And I actually saw a video of her talking about how she had learned to use different production tools. And she's she has her North Node and Neptune and Uranus in her ninth house. So I thought it was interesting that she has become her own producer at certain points in order to connect directly with her audience and not have to deal with the complexities of the industry. She said that when she first started out and was getting big, that there was a lot of pressure on her to be like kind of a top 40 artist. And the interesting thing about Azalea Banks is that I feel like she does make pop music, music that is danceable and that plays in clubs and that people like to have a good time to. And at the same time, it's not necessarily like radio friendly it is kind of it's a category of its own in a lot of ways I feel like she has a very kind of unique musical style and so she grew up in Harlem New York City and so I feel like that is a really important thing to understand about Azalea Banks is that she is she's a New York City girl like through and through and I feel like you know the people that find her so abrasive maybe kind of miss that about her in a certain way. Like she's, they just think like, oh, she's just like, she's just abrasive. She's just, you know, so upfront. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that she is a black woman that has opinions. And I think a lot of people don't like that. That is something that she talks about quite a lot and colorism as well, specifically because she, you know, is not a light skinned black person. And she feels and has talked quite a lot about how that has played a role in her career and other people's careers. So I think really under understanding that she has that New Yorker vibe where it's like not only is she a New Yorker but she's a Capricorn moon so I just feel like like some people don't understand that brutal honesty can sometimes be an act of kindness in a certain way 
And I think that like a lot of New Yorkers kind of represent that. Like they will be very upfront with you, but they're not necessarily being aggressive, right? And I think people kind of misunderstand those things. Like that just being upfront and saying things with your whole chest is not the same thing as being aggressive. And there's all kinds of racist dynamics that happen because of that. But to me, I'm like, you know, I see her talk and I'm like, this is someone who is from New York City, you know? And uh, I feel like you just kind of drips off her. Yeah, she definitely, she's in that culture. That's where she's from. And that's really important to keep in mind when we are considering people's charts and how they express or just like anybody that you know, like you need to kind of take into consideration their background that's going to inform how they speak. And you can't always apply the way that you have grown up and what that behavior would mean in your community to someone like hers. Because she is, you know, she had to fight for her career career she had to put in work from what she said she didn't have the best childhood yeah you know so if you're going to be (laughs) complaining about someone who literally fought for what they have that they're you know not a pushover well of course not she wouldn't be where she is if she was a pushover just straight up I think that her early career really started because she did not finish high school and instead was pursuing her music career. And I believe that she was of the kind of MySpace era where, you know, artists were getting discovered that way and building fan bases. And that's a really like DIY moment, I think, especially for uh, musicians, I think, in that era. Yeah, we have a lot of, I think a lot of the younger people don't remember this of how big of a deal that was like that early like myspace early youtube era when people were musicians they were just getting discovered it's like kind of like tiktok was with people posting their songs and them getting big that was the way that they were doing it back then that was like the new way to do it and i think she had like released 212 as a free song on her website and then blew up that's like the song i think she's most well known for 212 is still an amazing song it's still i feel like there's still nothing like it and she I just feel like she has such a unique perspective on music and the way that she combines things and I think it is because she has said this with regards to her sexuality for example she has identified as bisexual in the past but she's also said that she's not a huge fan of labeling things in that way so I don't know if that's still how she identifies but I think that there is a a fluidity to her in terms of like I don't think she's so aligned with a certain genre that she can't bring elements of other genres in and I think that what is what makes her such a unique artist. And I would attribute that to that 12th house Taurus Mercury in part too, because I just feel like the boundaries don't exist for her. I think with the Taurus energy, she's very specific about what she knows and believes and wants to say, but it's not necessarily always going to be the same thing or drawing from the same source. Yeah, I also think, I think the way that her MC expresses her MC is Aquarius and she has Saturn there. Like she is someone that is forward thinking. She's going to be doing things her own way and then kind of paving the way forward for other people. Like I think Aquarius energy it being after Capricorn and also like Saturn ruled, it's really about being in the system and seeing what ways it needs to change. Like you can blend in with it. You're like, okay, I know how Mm. this is working. I understand the mechanics behind it. I can see the way that this system works. 
but I want to do this differently. You kind of have to make your own path. I think she's done that really successfully. Like she's been able to not have to rely so much on the traditional music industry being produced by a major label. And, you know, she put songs out on Spotify. She was posting on MySpace. Like she's really connecting with her fans one-on-one. That was, you know, before social media was like super huge. It was in the early days. Like she was on that. Yeah, I think with the Aquarius MC too, that makes me think about the fact that she is so good at wielding the internet and that was kind of the origin of her career and also throughout her career it's funny because she's disappeared at different times and popped back up with different usernames and like conventions with famous people using the internet tends to be you know they're using their name she's had like other usernames you know that are like a little bit more old school like internet AIM type names and I love that because it's a very non-traditional way to use the internet for somebody that is as known as she is and I like that about her I like that she doesn't follow the rules and I feel like that exhibits that Aquarian MC energy so beautifully like she is really not supposed to be following all the rules and I think she's very aware of the rules and she's got that Saturn right up against that MC in her 10th house as well so I do feel like she's a very aware of her own authority and in fact in that interview that she did last January she was talking about how she deserves respect and how she has been so disrespected over the course of her career she said in the interview that she was even on a flight one time and the flight attendant said oh are you going to be trouble and it really upset her because I think she might have even like left the flight or something like that But it upset her because it was like she wasn't doing anything and people were assuming that because she has said things that she has said that she was like going to be causing issues in public. And I think she thought that was like disrespectful, which fair enough. Like I think that that is irritating. (laughs) But I think she knows her, her value and her worth. And, you know, knowing the bit that we know about her early upbringing and, you know, she lost a parent at a young age and then her caretaking parent was apparently very abusive. And so, you know, she's been in positions where, you know, she's not been respected just as a, as a human being. As somebody who I have seen encounter a lot of disrespect, I, it's nice to see her know exactly what the issue is and what she deserves and to draw boundaries around it. I think that may partially also relate to why she sort of stepped back from music at certain points. And she has a skincare company now that is a big part of like what she does. And so she, that Saturn in the 10th house for her is also like her being a business owner. You know, she is the boss. And I think she's very comfortable being the boss and is in fact here to be the boss. And in her own kind of non-traditional way, it is in Aquarius. And then of course, she's got the sun moving through that 10th house right now as we're talking about her. So, you know, I feel like she also knows when to interject in situations because, of course, the Meg and Nikki situation is, you know, people are talking about it. And so I think that she knows when her moments are a lot of the time, you know, she's also talked about how like she's miscalculated at various points and it's gotten her into trouble. And I think over the course of adulthood and maturity and stuff, I think she's had time to like see where she's gone wrong in certain ways, but she has like adjusted accordingly and changed the way that she engages with the internet a bit more. I really like her um, expression of that Leo Mars of her just being fully herself (laughs) and like respecting herself and her boundaries. She's gone through these experiences that have kind of taught her like, okay, that's not okay. I don't deserve to be treated like that. 
<laughs> I, I really do like seeing a woman just like being herself fully taking up space even if people don't like her like she's a person mm-hmm. you know like you can't deny her her humanity like that she's gonna remind you at every every second that she's not like someone to put on a pedestal she's a person and she has opinions and she's had experiences and she really has been uh, online a lot living on the internet connecting with her fans that way and that's kind of how I knew of her I've listened to some of her music but mostly it's just the things that she said (laughs) during like controversial moments in pop culture I'm like (laughs) what's so funny Let's talk about, you know, her third house because she does have a pretty packed third house. She's got her south node there in Cancer, Venus in Cancer, and then her Mars in Leo. And then she's also got Jupiter conjunct that Mars in Leo, which makes it even more pronounced. The Jupiter is in the fourth house. But what that third house tells me is that she is somebody that knows how to speak her feelings. Uh, She knows how to say her truth, and I don't think she is necessarily concerned about how that truth is received, right? Because the important thing is that it is her truth and that she communicates it in, I think, whatever way she feels inspired to, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, like with it being cancer third house like she is definitely more coming from it at a angle of emotion and it's not always logical and you can see that in you know some of the things that she said it's like whoa but you know it's conveying her emotions and yeah in a way that's very inspiring i think she she does that through her music as well with that cancer third house and she's got the 12th house mercury and you know a few other things going on in the chart here i also would point out that she is very intuitive we know that she has long been kind of a witchy girly and in fact that's kind of part of the lore that people i think both like her for and are afraid of because she has practiced types of magic that i think make certain people uncomfortable different cultures have different practices that they do and so just because something freaks you out or is from a different culture than you're part of you know I think a lot of that has to do with the way that she has been perceived in those ways but I mean I think she's a for real physical magic practitioner and I don't know exactly what form that takes necessarily I will say that she does have an eighth house Capricorn moon as well so like that to me speaks to like the physical magical rituals that she's doing being pretty significant to her but I do think that she you know because she talked about in those stories uh where she was talking about the the Nikki situation she talks about how she reads body language a lot and things like that so I think that it's more than just reading body language I think that she is just picking stuff up from the ethers I think that she is probably very psychic and you know I think that that can manifest in a lot of different ways and sometimes I think that it can kind of break people out a little bit and sometimes you have more information than you necessarily even know what to do with so I feel like she is so receptive you know she might not necessarily like know where all of the information is coming from or maybe she does because of you know the stuff that she is into maybe she does know how you know very intuitive that she is but I think that is very clear and I think it's also important to to recognize that doesn't mean that everything that just because you're psychic or intuitive doesn't mean that you never make mistakes Mm -hmm. or you never cross lines or anything like that Yeah, there's like sometimes when you are doing that kind of stuff, you can pick up on the feeling and you kind of like fill in the blanks, but you don't necessarily know exactly what's going on unless you're 
you know, speaking to a person. There's sometimes these intuitive people we can pick up on someone's feelings. And then if you make it about something you did, that's not a good way to use that energy. You know, it's usually not about you. (laughs) But she is really able to like pick up on, I think, the energy of situations and things. And I think she does fill in the blanks a little bit, but it's usually insightful. And when she's right, she's like, she's right. I think that is also why she probably pisses people off too. <laughs> yeah, I think she sees way deeper than people are comfortable with and that they want her to stop talking, but she has a way with words. Because <laughs> she has her, um, Venus is, you know, sextile, her Mercury. So she just is so receptive that being in the third house, like she can just spit. <laughs> She is also really fun to talk about. Like I was waiting to figure out the perfect person to talk about for this week's episode. Like I knew I wanted to do a chart and I was like, I don't know who it's going to be. And so I kind of was just letting it come to me. And then that's when it hit. And I was like, of course, like I would love to talk about her because she is so talk about a bowl. You know what I mean? I think she's too interesting to not be fun to talk about. Just like she's done so many things and says so many things and knows so many things that it's just like it is fun that she keeps popping up in a certain way and I think even people that don't like her don't see how that they're having fun with the fact that she keeps popping up you know what I mean yeah I think there's some the saying that being someone's villain for the day still enriches their experience and I think she is that for a lot of people online yeah she's a great villain in a certain way and There's a great quote from that Guardian interview where she talks about the fact that she's back on a major label, but still trying to avoid the industry aspect of it all. She said, to preserve my own natural ability to create and be more inspired by music. What is success in music anymore? Nobody knows. And for the people who do know, it means scheduling your smiles and crafting some weird character. I think it's really unfair that people call Azalea Banks a has-been. You are a never was and a never fucking will be. You didn't have the courage to put yourself out there because you were afraid you were going to fail. But I've had success. You only have to be right one time to be considered successful. And my batting average is very fucking high. (laughs) Poetry. I love her. I love that. That's so funny. It is. It's true. It is true. And there's there's a level like that confidence. That's that Leo energy, that Leo Mars conjunct Jupiter. It's like, I'm going to do what the hell I'm going to do. It actually reminds me of the Britney Spears song which in Circus. So she's talking about, you know, there are some people that are entertainers and they're observers and she's an entertainer and she does it very well. I think she is entertaining just by being herself. <laughs> she doesn't even have to be performing to be entertaining yeah it's like she's just saying her opinions on things and she is very intelligent and insightful and the way that she words things she is like such an amazing writer like legitimately and a good rapper and i mean like a lot of people don't emphasize that part like they're just like oh she's you know this controversial person i know she had like a super long list of people she was beefing with on wikipedia for a long time like it's iconic she's being herself like a lot of people have tried to work with her and i think that that is part of the reason why she has all this beef with everyone is because a lot of people have wanted to be involved with her. And I think it's because you just can tell, again, with that Aquarius MC, that there is nobody like her. She is not, there's not a bunch of Azalea Banks on a shelf that you can pull out and be like, hey, you know, I think she's got the sauce that nobody else has. And so I am not surprised at all that all these people over the years 
have reached out with her, trying to work with her. People like Grimes, people like Kanye West. Those are, you know, all people that she's battled it out with. She has a lot of, you know, things to say about. You know, I really enjoyed when she came for Grimes and Elon Musk because, you know, as we know, classic Elon Musk cater here. And I guess she was supposed to be working with Grimes on a project or something. And she said that she was basically like left in their house and stuck there. And she, I remember she was like tweeting or something from her phone while she was like supposedly at their house and saying that she was like stuck in there. There was some really iconic, (laughs) really iconic stuff to come out from that. Oh my god. Okay, that's one of my top three Azalea Banks moments was when she said that Grimes smells like a roll of nickels. That was, I think, like, that's just iconic. That's stuck in my brain. I can see it. Yeah, no, it's, it. it, that's the thing too, is that she's like, so incredibly good at roasting people because she's so good with her words and she's so specific and she has a Gemini son. Yeah, and that, that Gemini energy in the first house, defending your character, yourself with your words and like your wit and like that just just comes off of you like it's so easy for her you can't not see it it's the sun exactly and i mean you know when you when somebody has a first house sun like that it's you know she is here to be herself like that is the battery pack in this energizer bunny is that she is uniquely herself and says what she wants to say and what she needs to say and i feel like that is just at her core who she is. <laughs> and it, it kind of doesn't really matter like which direction it's coming from, but she's not, she's, she doesn't need to put up with it. I also wanted to talk about the cat moon of it all because that's another placement of hers where it's like, she is about her business and progressing herself and moving forward. She's been working since she was, you know, still in high school to move towards this career And then she's got the skincare brand. And I feel like she has just consistently put work out and made a name for herself, really. So I have a feeling that she takes what she does very seriously in a certain way and is a really hard worker. One of the other things that I thought was interesting her talking about in terms of music fans, she was talking about people wanting everything and wanting it for free. And that people will also complain because they'll use platforms and access things for free. And then they get upset when like an artist can't, that's not sustainable for the artist. And I, that was just like her cat moon screaming loud and clear to me because of the way that the internet works and all the platforms that we have, like there is this expectation that people that make stuff do it for little to no money. And that's just not, just not how it's sustainable. She also talked about how people don't seem to really understand like how the music industry works and like how musicians actually make a living and are able to survive and I think that was kind of what she was partly what she was addressing with the Nikki stuff but also you know with herself like she is somebody I think that understands very well that like she can't work for free no Casey dropped off okay I'm just gonna talk about the other iconic top three moments okay you had the Iggy Azalea Pangea wrapped her in a mangala leaf tweet (laughs) Okay, yeah, and then the the grime smells like a roll of quarters. And then the uh, January 6th meth head behavior Instagram story. If you were there, (laughs) we celebrate it every year. I post it every year. And she's right, she's right. 
I'm really interested to see what happens with her when Pluto crosses her midheaven because she's gone through like the fucking ringer with Pluto and Capricorn. She has a cap moon and then, you know, she'd have it on her south node and just like rolling through her ninth house. So like the way that she puts things out, publishes things, puts on her performances I think there's been a big transformation in that and it's changing signs still in her ninth house, but it'll be approaching her midheaven. So she's probably going to enter like a new phase in her career. I'll be interested to see what she comes up with. (laughs) She says, Iggy Azalea is like my albino child I randomly gave birth to in a prehistoric African village during Pangea. My early human brain thought she was a demonic because of her albinism. So I wrapped her in a mangala leaf and left her in a cave miles away from the village. (laughs) I think at that time, a lot of her her beef with Iggy was that she was getting a lot of recognition that other Black artists weren't. So I don't think it was necessarily like the people that she picks on. I don't think it's always necessarily super personal to that person, but it's more of how people are reacting to that person. And it's like more of a social commentary than it is digging at a specific person. It's kind of more... I don't think she's really personally attacking people. I mean, I think sometimes she does because they come at her, but it's usually like, why are they getting all of this recognition when they're like not that good? Or, you know, she has opinions on it or they're like, they're just not so much more exceptional than other people, you know, and she's in an industry that is mostly not white and it's suspicious that a white person is getting recognition when other people aren't. So that there was that. And then the other one, <laughs> the grime smells like a roll of nickels. Just she ate with that one because. <laughs> yeah, I think she is wholly herself and you cannot say that she's putting on a front because I, I don't think she is. She says what she says, okay? Okay, and then the last, I think this is my favorite. I, I think about it every year. The January 6, 2021, this is such meth behavior post when people were climbing the walls at the Capitol. Just iconic. One thing that I think is interesting is I do not think that these are the last of the controversial moments that we've had from Azalea Banks. She has Uranus passing over her Mercury right about now. So I am curious what that's going to look like for her because she's lived quite a lot of life without that transit. She doesn't really need the Uranus energy to go off and be unexpected and surprising and shocking. So I am curious what that energy added into the mix is going to be like in the near future. But um, for somebody who has received a lot of pushback within the industry and just from people in general, she has this really great quote about, you know, because of all the pushback she's received, she said, you get to have your shitty uninformed opinion on things. I would never say that's a cause for someone to steal your property and stalk you. She's going through a lot of legal issues right now. And I don't know like the full extent of the back and forth that is happening, but she said that it has had a really dramatic effect on her life to the point where she said, you know, it should be a free Azalea like it is a free Britney movement. And so that is not something that I am like fully educated on. But I do really love that quote because I, you know, I agree with her. There are so many people in the world that do have these shitty uninformed opinions and they don't get the level of harassment that she has gotten. And, you know, This is crazy. Is it loud? Can you like hear what they're saying? 
Anyways, I'll be interested to see what happens with Pluto going over her midheaven in Aquarius. If she's going to like enter a new phase of her career or like put herself out there in a different way. I feel like, you know, because she is by nature just kind of like a rule breaker, like doesn't care about the rules to begin with even, you know, I don't think that the fact that she is in her early 30s is going to stop her from like fully pursuing the projects that she has been pursuing for herself. So I, yeah, I also will be watching with great excitement to see how that pans out for her. So honestly, I think that people that Azalea Banks has beefed with should thank her because I think that she provides a very important service because just as much as she is like outside of the industry, she is also sort of tangentially at least always going to be a part of it. And I think that people, they love a true speaker, you know, dude. Okay. So I don't think that she's going to be stopped. I wonder if I'll be able to even use this audio. Let's just call it. Yeah, I wasn't planning on talking about my neighbors on the podcast, but since they decided to crash the episode, I figured it was, you know, in the spirit of Azalea Banks to address the mess. Honestly, I'm half kidding, but while it was happening, I wondered if it was like the spirit of Azalea Banks telling me to tread lightly with my name in her mouth. So maybe that was it. Or maybe it was just the alcohol in the mix. I've lived here for years, and for a long time my neighbor has been very chaotic. Thankfully, she travels a lot, but when she is home, it got really normal for loud and wild shit to happen for a while. It's been a minute since it got this wild, but earlier in the day I sensed there was drinking involved because they were blasting Shania Twain and banging around doing what sounded like line dancing, so I couldn't record. Eventually, things got quiet, which was nice, so Jen and I started recording, and it was fine for a while until, well, you heard it. Apparently, my neighbor got locked in the bathroom, and somehow her boyfriend, who recently moved in, said he didn't hear her yelling for help, and this made her upset, and she was screaming for a very long time, and he was screaming back, as you heard, and uh, it was pretty ugly. And just so you know, after the yelling stop, it seemed like they figured whatever it was out and it's been quiet for the past few days, so that's something. But I like where I live, but the more that I work on the podcast, it's hard to get the level of quiet I need to make good recordings, so I'm manifesting a quieter place to live with enough space for me to have like a proper little recording booth. If you'd like to help me make that happen, you can become a sponsor of this podcast on Patreon. As you know, life is not cheap, so I appreciate all of your support, and all of it helps to not only make this show possible, but make it better. So I'll leave the link in the show notes. I've been talking about this Aquarius new moon on February 9th because I'm really excited about it. I posted quite a lot about it on TikTok, and someone commented that they weren't enjoying Aquarius season because they're a Cancer rising and it's in their eighth house. The eighth house tends to scare people because it's how we deal with things like grief, change, and mysteries, and those things can make us uncomfortable. But it was funny because I'm also a Cancer rising, and I have eighth house action going on right now, and I'm feeling pretty good. 
It's never going to be exactly the same as someone else because we all have individual charts that experience any given energy differently, but they said it just like it was in their eighth house so it wasn't really possible to have a good time. And I think that line of thinking is really common with people who are new to astrology. It's often like taught as good or bad, difficult, easy. It's very black and white thinking. Have I been going through some change lately? Absolutely. It's not been easy, but this is energy that can reveal and clarify things. So even if you're experiencing this Aquarius new moon in a house that's more emotionally based, don't assume that's a bad thing. This is a very dynamic new moon and it may involve feelings and experiences that are challenging. But I'm gonna issue a dare for you this new moon. If you're faced with feelings that you don't love, I dare you to look at them and ask, what does this make clearer to me? So like, if you're like, I'm feeling irritated because I hate my job, okay. Well, that's clarifying that you need to start making moves for something better. Maybe you need to set the intention to clean up your resume, reach out to contacts, make new connections, or maybe it's clarifying that you need to branch out on your own in some way. If you're feeling emotional because you're dealing with grief, that could be clarifying that you need more support. Maybe it's clarifying that you need to talk more about what you're experiencing. Maybe there are grief support groups, therapy, channeling your emotions into creativity. Even the things we don't enjoy can help us get a better sense of what is authentic to us and what would feel better so that we know what it is we want to move towards instead. And if you're feeling good, that's an opportunity as well. Those moments can clarify what it is you want to invite more of in your life. They're seeds that can be planted and cultivated into something greater. So for this new moon, I want you to allow this energy, whatever it looks like for you, to help you move forward with more inspiration and clarity. Look for ways to connect with yourself at a higher level and be forward thinking and use it to decide how you want to connect with others as well. Because those two things are a lot more related than us individualistic westerners tend to think. We can do a lot of magic on our own but there's a different kind of magic that happens when we come together in some way. It really feels to me like this new moon is ushering in a new chapter. So let yourself be inspired about what it is you want to create next and who you want to create it with. And it's okay if it feels like a departure, if it feels really different. Sometimes different is exactly what we need. If you'd like to submit requests for future Petty Astrology episode topics, you can join my Patreon as a free member, and there's a submission form you have access to. The link is in the show notes. This episode was produced by Lori Rivers and brought to you by my sponsors on Patreon.